what would it be like if things were really easy? What right. if you had fun every day? What if you really loved going to work and really loved what you did and weren't caught up in fear and stress and anxiety? What would be available? IRC Wealth. Take control of your finances and embrace life without worrying about money. All right, welcome back to another episode of IRC Wealthcast. And with me today is a very interesting guest because I said so. <laughs> However, uh, you may be familiar with her from previous content that she created for us in blog format. It's Catherine Sable, who is an accomplished coach and uh, entrepreneur and uh, business owner. Aren't you sweet? Aren't I? <laughs> yeah. And, and what, are, what, are we, what are we saying? The practice is CatherineSable.com. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. okay. So some of you may have read the blog that she did for us back towards the uh, turn of the year, I think it was. It and it was. was about your journey into being in a really successful, rapidly growing business in the child's clothing industry. And then your decision to say, that's it. I'm where I want to be with it. I, I want out and I'm going to do something different. And that brought you and me together because we ended up choosing the same different. <laughs> and right. uh, so uh, we became friends uh, from there. And that's how I got to know Catherine was in the coaching realm. So I wanted to bring her in and talk about things at the next layer down. So, hey, welcome. Thank you. That's thank you. Thank say. you. <laughs> Well, as, as David Byrne once said, well, how did we get here? Well, I love that you mentioned the article because a lot of that was really about burnout. It was about mm. how I ran the business. We were actually just talking about it before we got on and how I ran it the most difficult way possible. You know, I did everything <laughs> myself and slammed into walls and found myself beating my head against the wall a lot and burned out because when you're running that hard um, and we grew a lot I mean it was you know by all external standards it was super successful yeah and yet every time I'd reach one of those milestones that feeling I thought I was going to have wasn't there or it would be for a split second and then we'd be like okay on to the next thing and it got me thinking okay well if this isn't going to I mean I hit so many of them it had to be that it wasn't the thing that was going to make me feel that way yeah and I think that's what most people are looking for. We go out and we try and get this thing so that we'll feel better. We'll feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So once I realized that it wasn't the thing, you know, the carrot that I kept chasing, I started turn, turning inward, looking inside, looking a little bit deeper and seeing what's going on here. Why, why am I not feeling that way? Yeah. And so that, yeah, so that led me to look into selling the business because it, it clearly wasn't in the business anymore. I'm curious, were those milestones more just like keeping score or what, what were you hoping was going to show up mm -hmm. when you were approaching each one? Yeah, I think honestly, to be honest, I was looking for some sort of validation, some approval, some something. If I just make this much, if, then I'll feel great. Or if I oh. take the business to the next level, then that will be the indicator that is, oh, well, then I'm accomplished or I'm successful or um, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It was always changing, ever evolving, because it was trying to fill something that couldn't be filled right. with one of those external sort of parameters. And those are great to reach. It's not saying, don't you know, we can't ever reach any of those goals. It's just that every time that I got there, it wasn't as fulfilling as I was hoping. Yeah. And was it the goals or the journey that was most successful to you when you were approaching each goal? Um, I think in retrospect, it was the journey that was the most fulfilling, but it was always in search of the goal. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, sure. And always sort of going, 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 going. So was I slowing down to actually appreciate the journey? Probably not. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think it, you, you really have to slow down in order to enjoy. I mean, it's kind of like, it's funny, I'm looking at a car drawn on a chalkboard behind me, and it's like, you know, it's constant forward motion, and you're not looking at the landscape at all because you're headed in one direction. It's almost, you've got this sort of singular focus on where I'm headed instead of slowing down and really looking outward and saying, oh, okay, what's what's happening here and what's available here, and realizing that you might get off that well-beaten path to go see what's over there. Yeah. And were financial considerations ever part of each of these goals for you? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know many business people who it isn't, at least not that they stay in business that long. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in order to be profitable. And, you know, I was able to successfully exit and sell the business. So it had to be financially viable. Um, and, and I was really driven by that. I love that. I love making money. It's great fun. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love to look at their bottom line and see, you know, right, numbers right. growing? Let's not make it too altruistic, right? At the end of the day, you know, you're in business, you want to be fulfilled, you want all these things to happen. Yeah. And, you know, you want to make some, you want to make some serious jack. Well, I've been in both <laughs> positions. I mean, I, ha- I went through hard times in the business at a certain point and it's no fun. Right. Suddenly all your decisions are around how do I make more money? Right. And then it's really, it's a lot of pressure. So to be in a place where you are making money and the, the questions are, oh, well, what do we do now? Or you can change your focus to what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. That's a really great place to be versus I've got to make money because I have to make payroll. So so let's kind of move to um, how you took those feelings and those experiences and those things that you did. And then you decided, I'm going to help others that are experiencing those things now see a different way of doing things and mm-hmm. being things. Right. Yeah, not right. just the doing. Yeah, it is a difference between being and doing. Well, first of all, I had to do a lot of that work for myself because mm-hmm. you can't go out and preach one thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. People do. People just don't resonate with it because right. you can see through it. Right. So I had to slow down myself. So I took some time off after I sold the business. And coaching was always an exit strategy. I'd sort of had that in my back pocket for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. I still love business. I love, I mean, I still love numbers. I love looking at the balance sheet, P&Ls, and and I wanted to help other people get to a better place with it and realize their dreams. So that's what led me to coaching. It's really about following your dreams. It's about slowing down. It's about life really is easy. We're the only ones who get in our way. and Redirection of energy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's available. So it just lined up with all that, I, all that I'd been doing for likely my whole life in certain ways. All these things had sort of come to this point. I like it though. I, I didn't know that about you, that you had coaching on your horizon, even when you were in the business. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. So what do you see out there with the types of entrepreneurs that you currently coach or have coached? You know, I see a lot of the same thing. It is, especially the people that are drawn to me, they're, they're doing it really hard. They know that they want something different and they can't quite see how to get there. Yeah. So a lot of the work I do is around mindset. Uh, we were talking before about the stories we tell. Yes. And I'll have a client get on the phone and start telling me how hard things are and, and, and it just all of the, and it's like, wow, I believe the universe just reflects back to us what we're putting out. And so as I say, this is going to be a really tough day. It's really going to be hard. This is really hard work where I am. That's what we're going to get back. So we do a lot of what's available, what's what's possible. I don't think people realize 
how amazing they are and the potential that they have and that really a lot of this can be easy. We don't have to go find another book to read or another guru to follow or <laughs> the book and tape club. Yeah. Right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I love that because you can get on that treadmill. It's the, you know, it's George Jetson, right? He's right. He's outside his little space capsule and he's running like crazy. Yeah. And then, oh my God, I need to go read another book or I need to go attend another se- yet another seminar. Right. Yeah. Right. And we wow. get in there and we do, we get that excitement and that hope again. And then we go back and it's like all, everything just goes back to mm-hmm. where it was, all that stress from before. For me, it's about relaxing into who we are, that there's more available to us inside that we're not tapping into versus what's out there. Mm-hmm. And somebody made a good point yesterday I was listening to and, um, he said, you know, what's out there is only what's ever been done. People are putting out what they've done before to show. And that's great. It helps yeah. inspire. That's great. But what's inside of us is what's never been done before. That's interesting. So you're talking about the curated idea or the curated concept that's turned into something that's done. It's somebody else's, some form of it. You're taking it and making it your own, yet it is not completely original. Yeah, I think that's one of the stories we say. Well, I can't do that because that's already out there. Why would somebody come to me as a coach? Because there's already a bunch of coaches out there. What makes me different? So I think that's a lot of the story that gets involved with, or they, I'm an entrepreneur. I do this. I sell widgets. How do I sell them the best? And we go find out the best way to sell them instead Mm -hmm. of going inside and finding out what's that creative answer that lives within me that's yet to be expressed, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does. And then I'm curious, does mentoring show up at all in in the engagement for you, not just the pure coaching? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, if I had to throw a number out there, I'd say it's probably 90-10. Yeah, yeah, because back to the same model, I believe my clients have the answers. I can tell them what my answer would be, and they can go and implement it, and it may or may not work for them, because that's my answer for me. Right. So, and it does help to know that somebody's been through that before. Here's what worked for me. It might spark a different idea, because they're going to be the ones implementing it. So I do a little bit of both, and I have some clients who want that, and some clients who don't. So I want to I want to just hijack you here for a little bit because I agree with you on this. It's amazing to see people that are experiencing coaching not believe in what you just said about themselves. Mm. Mm. Right. It's always great to have the answer. You come up with the answer, in my opinion, than to have someone tell you the answer. It just makes you feel that much more resourceful, right? And that much more whole about things. Yet, I think people don't realize that they have those answers. And so they're just looking for somebody to tell them what to do next. And then it's like, Oh, that's that stunk. Yeah. You know, now what? Now I got to go find another guru and another book and another seminar. Right. And those things all work. They just work for a particular individual at a particular time at a particular place. It's not to put down all the other different ways things can be done. It just, I think people think it's a one size fit all and mm-hmm. they never are. Well, I think for me, it's also more of going outside the well. I believe Mm -hmm. the reservoir is inside and it never dries up. So you might have some, one of those things that you do that actually sparks something that's within you. And that's, that's beautiful, right? Because then you can tap into your own and the creativity keeps flowing. Mm -hmm. It's when we're constantly searching outward and never looking inward to believe, believing always that the answer's out there, outside of us. Yeah. I think that's when it gets, it's, it gets dangerous, tricky, whatever you want to call it, but it's just not fulfilling because you're constantly looking. And if it's not there, then you feel less than somehow. I need that thing to make me okay cool. or give me the answer. And and to your point about wanting somebody else to give us the answer, it's interesting because it's almost like we think it would be easier if somebody else told us what to do. 
And I guess maybe it would, but wouldn't it be a whole lot easier if we, I mean, like, what if that person's not available? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, right. what if we had all the answers every single time we needed them? That would. We can count on we. Right. We can count on us. Right. Right, right, right. That That is an interesting concept. I like that. The other thing, too, is, is that you can get the answer quickly from someone else. That doesn't mean you resonate with it. You're immediately making assumptions that all those things around that answer are true for you. Mm-hmm. And so you go, you know, oh, I'm going to use QuickBooks instead of money, Microsoft money. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as choosing a software because you told me that was the better one. Mm-hmm. When in fact, you may not like either of them. Well, what you're really talking about is intuition. Yeah. It's tapping into what our intuition is, what our inner guidance is telling us to do, because that's going to be the right solution for us. Mm-hmm. And it can be as practical as which financial software to use. Yeah, it can be as practical if it comes from you, though. Like it's using your intuition ultimately at right. the end. What do I really want for myself here? Right. 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 Yeah. 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 And I think that that's a lot of what the coaching is. It's how to tap into that intuition. I think that's the difference of how I used to run the business and how hard it was because I was constantly looking outside of me to find the answers of how to do this and how to reach that goal as opposed to how things are now how I do things now it's all it's all based on intuition and mm-hmm. then I don't have to second guess the answer because it came from inside there's sort of an inner guidance that's always guiding us and dropping breadcrumbs if you will yeah and I also think that there's so much external things that are just hammering into us and you think you're doing really well and then you see something on the web where someone just invented a new way to tie a shoelace and they just got six billion in venture capital and everyone says they're the star and they're on the internet every three days and you're like oh i just was really happy because i didn't think about payroll this week so i wonder about these external forces make us think that we have to keep going to these other experts when we ourselves are the expert at what it is we're doing right Right. It's a really good point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're doing whatever we're doing for a reason. We got to wherever we are. Mm -hmm. There's something that, I mean, a lot of things, but something that's guiding us. And so to think that we should be somewhere else based on somebody else's journey or somebody else's, I mean, it's just, it's that comparison. It's not going to do anything for us except make us feel bad. (laughs) I mean, to (laughs) be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then the self-doubt comes into play and and things can get really rickety after Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So talk to me about in a business, Mm -hmm. staying present. Mm. Yeah. Think, and and I'm thinking that, you know, for all those out there that believe in, you know, that that are big into meditation and and, and the idea of staying present, they know what we're talking about. For those that don't, what I'm saying is, is that we only spend about 40% of our time in the place we can control, which is right now. Mm -hmm. And so business people in particular are always thinking about the mistakes they made Mm -hmm. so they don't make them again. So that's in a history they no longer own Mm -hmm. or they're out in the future trying to predict the future, which really we have shown no one really can do. Mm -hmm. So um, how does being present honor your place in your business? It's a really good question. Um, I was listening to something actually just on the way over, and it was talking about how that's the role of our mind. Our mind gets involved and starts creating in the future, making up problems that don't exist because we're not there. Mm-hmm. And then the ego gets involved and goes out and tries to fix them because then it's still alive and it's needed, you know? I mean, nothing ever happened in the past and nothing ever happened in the future. 
it's only ever happened right now. Yeah, right now. Right. So what's available now? And to a business person, you're right. I mean, it's planning, it's this, it's goal setting, it ah, you know, and it's like, if we don't do that, then where are we headed? And the question is really, well, what if we just took that next step? What if we didn't see the whole staircase? Mm-hmm. What if we were guided to do this and we didn't know where it was taking us? You know, and you listen to some of the greats. I mean, Steve Jobs. I mean, there's lots of them. And they didn't know exactly where they were headed or how they were going to get there. I think that's the difference. Sometimes you can see that goal, but you don't know how you're going to get there. Yeah. And the how is, is when the mind gets involved and, and the mind is small. It's limited. It, if it were to do everything, it 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 wouldn't, I guess it just wouldn't be as easy to get there. That's the universe's job. That's what I always say. Yeah. Set your intention, have your sight out there, and get curious. Get curious about how this is going to happen. Yeah, because a lot of great things happen because of curiosity and because they ventured off the, the path they set for themselves. Mm-hmm. And great inventions have, have shown up that way and great things have been written and painted and sculpted and... You just, whatever plan you set in motion, there's no reason to deter from it. However, you know, pick your chin up, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and look around you what's happening right now. And I think that we get into this whole thing about, well, I've got to have my plan and I've got to stick to it. And I only do one thing and I always do it like this every day. And that's how I'm successful mm-hmm. until that thing isn't wanted anymore. Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. So I was just curious because I think we as business people tend to forget about now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where the creativity lies, mm-hmm. really. Being present with here and now. And often stress plays a factor in that, stress and anxiety, you know, sure. which are off in the future or back in the past, like you said. But if we are constantly uh, imprisoned by our mind, and then we're not able to fully relax into the moment and trust that whatever is here right now is what we need to move forward. So I I think for me, there are practices around that, especially as somebody who might be coming off of, like I was, coming off of a business that was very driven. How do I get into this place of relaxing and trusting and knowing that everything's going to be okay? Because the truth Mm -hmm. is all is well. Always has been, always will be. Everything's working out in our favor. And so for me, I think there are practices around that. Um, A lot of it has to do with food, nutrition, sleep. I mean, if those things are off, exercise, you know, you lump those. Once those get off. Do for yourself stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, try and run a business on zero sleep, you know. I mean, you're just not making sound decisions. And then there's other things, like like you said, meditation, really getting connected to the core of who we are so Mm -hmm. that that creativity can come out. And fun, Fun. Yeah, the F word. Right? Yeah, why does everyone ignore that? Oh, it is. I mean, it's it's like a luxury. I think it's a necessity, but it feels like a luxury in the business world. You know, it's like, well, right. you're, you're lucky you got to go have fun today. I'm like, what? You know, that needs to be on the agenda. Right. That's like eating dessert first. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Why, why can't we have that? Right. But that, I mean, if you think back, I mean, look at the kids. They mm-hmm. play all day. Yeah. I have a four and a six year old and that's all they do. And they create amazing things. I don't know how they learn this stuff. Right. So what if in our play and our, our, who knows, creativity or going outside barefoot and walking in the grass, nature's another huge one for me is just to get out into nature and see what's available there. It's nothing more present than doing that. It's true. Yeah. I hear you. You to be associated with the actual moment. Yeah. Well, then you look at abundance. 
because mm-hmm. that's the other piece is that we often come from the lack mentality. There's not enough. There's only a certain amount of wealth out there. I'm going to, how am I going to get my piece of pie? And then I got to take it from them. And it's just this really sort of controlled, small, tight way a, of thinking. And a huge thing in the financial industry, by the way, mm-hmm. the, the abundance conversation is always there, hmm. right? Yeah, good point, right? So everything you said there could be could be overlaid into, you know, that. And I always think, I use nature as, as sort of a backdrop. Everything in nature is true, right? Well, what's the truth? Can you count the blades of grass? Probably not. That's yeah. abundance. Can you yeah. count the leaves on the trees? No, that's abundance. Not unless you're rain man. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's abundance in nature everywhere. That's the truth. So it's available to anyone at any time. How do we tap into that and how do we trust that instead of having to go out and get our piece of pie? Interesting. So I like it. Slight gear shift yep. here. Everything you just said, mm-hmm. different with women as mm. entrepreneurs versus men? Hmm. Yes, slightly, I find. Not always. I think it depends on the person because mm-hmm. really each individual is different. You know, for me, women are typically more intuitive. Hey, we've got a dog here. <laughs> that wasn't me sniffing into the mic- yeah, yeah. in the microphone, um, uh, which I love, by the way, because it's so comfy with the dogs. Um, yeah. So women can tend to be more attuned to their intuition. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're any more intuitive than men. I just think in our upbringing in this day and age that women can be more attuned to it. So they can get to this emotional place easier is what I find. And again, mm-hmm. that's not true for everyone. When I say, you know, how does that feel or where do you feel that in your body? Often it's just immediate. They know exactly what I'm talking about. Whereas sometimes with the guys, it takes a second. They're a little bit more in their head. It sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And we say the same thing, too, just, uh, again, in the wealth building place, mm-hmm. the wealth building sector, is that women seem more coachable. Yep. They show up typically with less ego in the room. Mm-hmm. And they seem, they know that they have challenges, especially when we talk, we've had people in talking about financial literacy and, and things like that. They know that they have challenges there, yet... They're so much more open to learning something and trying new things and adjusting their pattern right. to to make a shift. Isn't it the whole asking for directions, asking for help? Probably. <laughs> well, we're still yelling yeah. about folding the map. So for those that remember maps that you folded, right? Right. Because right. yeah, now we're all and yeah. if you're being coached, you've asked for help. Yes. And I have to say, it's one of the things people ask a lot. What did you do in your business? How did you get to where you were? And I mean, I got, I got, a, it was at that time, it was a consultant, but she was sort of a coach within the first six months of owning my business. I was smart enough yeah. to know there was a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know. And so, and if you've gotten to the coaching relationship, you've asked for help. You've realized there's something more you want. And this person might have some input or some insight into getting there. So let's keep rolling and play with that a little bit more. And because I see theme emerging here. Mm. So then what is it that folks should look for in themselves when they think a coach makes an is an appropriate time for a coach? That's a good question. I think anytime they're wanting more. I mean, again, for me, they come because they just know there's this is a feeling, right? It's trusting your intuition. But it's just a feeling. There's something more that I want out of life. There's something. I mean, that's what drove me to get a coach. I just knew there was something a little bit more beyond my sort of scope that I could mm-hmm. see. And I wanted, I mean, I wanted to figure out a way to live life easier because I yes. knew it could be easier. And so that's that could be an indicator. If you know that you're running a business and it is hard it can be easier. So maybe that's a good time if that's what you want. Some people really like it to be hard. <laughs> Are there particular times when entrepreneurs begin to see changes in themselves where it's like an indicator for them? Like, mm. 
Yes, I would think so. Or is that something that could be mapped out in time frames and things like that? I don't know. I mean, that could go back to the whole burnout piece. Mm -hmm. At least with me, there were definite shifts. I had run this sort of creative spectrum. I'd done everything I wanted to do and, you know, met all these goals. And then I started another brand. And that filled that sort of entrepreneurial creative itch, you know, that need. And then after that was done, it was sort of like, no, I need something else. So maybe... It could be life cycles in the business. It just depends on the person because all of this is very parallel to where you are in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And I don't want to make it too formulaic. Right. 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 I mean, I, I'm looking, I guess, more for, I see sort of like clouds in the sky, not the not the contrail from the jet, you right. know, pointing to, oh, this is yeah. where you're going next. I right? think it's just if you're wanting something more or something different, it doesn't have to be some deep, deep yearning for life changing. It can be. But no, I just think, gosh... I want to take my business to the next level. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. You have um, a coach. I do. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I would say that uh, having a coach just from personal experience does a lot of this for you. It right. does make you start to consider different ways to do it. And it's really interesting when you go through a coaching experience for for business, for your career, business, whatever, who, whoever it is that you are. Some of the some of the solutions are some of the most simple. It's like, yeah, I, I knew that I did that before. Well, right. then why weren't you doing it now? Right. And then you go and you do it again because you've been challenged to do it. And oh my God, there's some great results out of it. Right. right? And you're like, right. uh, that damn coach. Right. Well, and as a coach, I often say like my job is to shine this flashlight in right. places that it hasn't been shown before. So it's not for me to like deliver this whole like solution oriented thing. It's just like, oh, really? Because I was thinking you just said that over here. Let's look over there and see what's available mm-hmm. to you there. And then all these solutions come out. You know, I'm having trouble with this employee and how do I make this work? And it's, again, yes. just sort of shining the flashlight on, well, where's the resistance? And Yes. Why is that difficult? I like it. I'm going to throw some terms out here mm-hmm. and see what comes up. Okay. Okay. Mindset shifts. <laughs> yeah. What the heck is that? It's my favorite thing to do. I, think it was, <laughs> I got it on top of the list right? here. So. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's really... Hmm. Simplest way to say it, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I dance between, it can sound woo-woo, you know? Yeah. And then I deal with all the practical stuff because we're dealing with real businesses and real entrepreneurs, you know? We're not sitting in a field meditating. Yeah, we're not ignoring that. Yeah, we're not, right. yes. Good so, point, good point. Yeah, um, I think the easiest way to talk about that is what's the story that we're telling. So we're telling ourselves stories all the time. We're telling the story of how our business is doing. We're telling our customers. And it's what are these stories that we're telling? Mm-hmm. And when we start looking at that, it's like, oh, wow, because that's what the universe is hearing. That's what we're getting more of. It's that whole what we focus on grows. So the mindset shift is really from a place of often lack and having to do it on my own. It could be, I mean, it just mm-hmm. depends on a lot of different things, what you were brought up with, where your mm-hmm. stories come from, to what do I want? You know, it's shifting from limited to infinite. And the shifts aren't always these giant aha moments that happen in an engagement. They can happen after your engagement is closed, right? You yep. know, down the road of five minutes, five days, a couple of weeks. You mean in the coaching relationship? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of times it's just thought-provoking. It's like, oh, Right. Oh, I have been saying that all the time, how hard this is, how hard this is, how hard this is. So therefore, it is really hard. What if I woke up in the morning and thought, today is going to be super easy and everything that I need is just going to be laid out right in front of me. And then all of a sudden I get curious and, 
wonder how that's going to happen. And that starts happening. And then I get really excited and <laughs> more of that starts happening. What, that, what would it be like if that showed up in my day every day? Right. Yeah. That's a great question that we work with a lot is mm-hmm. what, what would it be like if things were really easy? What right. if you had fun every day? What if you really loved going to work and really loved what you did? and weren't caught up in fear and stress and anxiety, what would be available? That's like asking a mother with a newborn, what would it be like to have a full night's sleep? I mean, right. it's like, I That's could do big. anything. <laughs> or if we stick with the earlier theme about Seinfeld, when we were tuning up for this episode, you could do the George Costanza, and I'm just going to do the opposite today, what I've normally ever do. <laughs> exactly. Right? And sometimes that's it. It was wildly successful. Exactly, right? right? So. I do a lot of that, flipping it on, flipping it on its head. <laughs> What's the opposite? <laughs> okay, next term, intentions. Mm, I'm glad you brought that up, especially... Yeah, especially off the conversation about goals. Because goals and intentions for me are really different. Goals are sort of the classic, traditional, like you said, stake in the ground. Now I'm going to get in the car and push the gas pedal and go. Intentions are, I can go back to story. It's about saying, this is what's going to happen. And step two to that is believing it. And then living into it and getting curious about how it shows up. Yeah. I was watching a video the other day, and he said, what if you fell in love with not knowing? This is Cal Cease. He's a great um, comedian, a transformative, transformational comedian. And he says, what if you fell in love with not knowing? So I've set this intention. I'm going to hit a million dollars this year. I'm going to hit $10 million this year. And what if I got to sit back and get curious? Because now the universe is working, right? It's making all that happen right in front of you. How fun would that be to be in that car looking around and getting curious. Oh my gosh, look at that, how that lined up. That's amazing, you know? It starts to turn into a really cool journey. Yeah, that, that, and then it, so it meets up with its cousin, curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always an interesting conversation. And we don't take a moment to appreciate those connections, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We just sort of like, yep, that I checked that off the list. Keep going, keep going. I got to hit the million. Right. I got to hit, yeah. Right. And until you get there, you're not satisfied because that's right. the only thing you're going for. When in you fact, know? that connection is amazing in and itself because those two things you said, I want to do this and there's the whole rest of the world. Right. And somehow you managed to you know, throw the ball through the donut hole and made it. <laughs> right. 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 Know, while the earth is spinning a gazillion miles an hour. Right. And, uh, oh yeah, now that's good. That's done. Let's move on. Well, I think yeah. that's the difference. You get yeah. to the million dollars and then it's like, okay, well, I've got to, I got to do five. I got to mm-hmm. do 10. What's the mm-hmm. next? What's the next? I mean, often we don't, sometimes in coaching, that's what we spend time on is celebrating. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many months or years I've worked to get to this point? And we're just going to move on to the next goal. I'm like, red flag. No, no, no. Let's slow down and really enjoy and savor this moment. And then you can go off and run again if you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Take more than five minutes. Right. All right. New term, self-care. Ah, oh, my fave. Yeah. <laughs> They're all my favorite. They all are your favorite. Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting to see if I can get a Gucci here, but yeah. it does make sense based on the story I know about your business. Mm-hmm. So, and it is, seems to be a linchpin of your practice and why uh, people seek you out to be coached in their entrepreneurial lair. Mm-hmm. So self-care. Yep. Self-care. So it's, it, it's in line with fun. People think it's a luxury. Oh, you got to go to the spa. Isn't that great? It is, it is a necessity if we're not caring for ourselves. And as women, historically, we've been terrible at it. We go out and we care for our families. We care for everybody else around mm-hmm. us. We're caregivers. And we don't stop to take the time to take care of ourselves, whatever that looks like. 
you know, and that's the other piece is like that definition is not outside of us. That is whatever feels good to us. It might be staying in our pajamas half a day, a whole day. It might be watching Lifetime movies. I don't know what it is, but eventually as you start to take care of yourself, the things that really do serve you emerge. They may start as Lifetime movies all day and then it starts to oh, actually, I'm going awesome. kind of, and then it's like, actually, I think I need to get some exercise. You know, your soul is always speaking to you about what the best thing is for you to do. Yeah. And I talked about this recently at a, at a talk and it's the, it's the whole reservoir metaphor. It's if I'm literally draining my reservoir to take care of everybody around me, it is going to dry up got to be filling that reservoir in order to be able to give back to others, mm-hmm. which is so often what we want to be doing. We're mostly in business to be able to do something in the world, make a um, difference, make a difference, help others, even if it's helping our employees, creating a, an environment in which they can come to work and really enjoy being there, doing something they love. And and, and I, I should say that it's not just women, men too, have, it shows up a little differently for them. It does. Yeah, and I think that their their whole thing is they're wearing the suit of armor. Yep. Right, and I have to be tough, and you know I have to work seventeen hours on a cup of coffee and a stick of gum. Right. Right, and then I have to go home and show my children that I am invincible. Mm-hmm. And so just to go out and take a run in the morning, for me. Yep. Because someone told me I had to do it. Right. Is frowned upon. Yeah. You know, or to 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 say I'm playing golf on a Tuesday afternoon this this week mm-hmm. or I'm going to take a moment and not read email on a Saturday mm-hmm. and whatever. And I think it requires slowing down enough to really be able to hear what that yeah, hear that voice that's speaking to us saying, "Hey, it's it's time to do this, it's time to do that." I just find the more I take care of myself, the more the stuff that comes out, one the creativity is much easier to tap into, and two, it really is it's driving us a place to be our best self. I see the body, mind, spirit as sort of a tuning fork where we're trying to be the best person, the best human we can be, operate most efficiently. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, then we're not going to be able to do that. I'm going to have to start counting the metaphors. Right? I'm yeah, so you're, good at you're that. you're racking them up. We've got the chalkboard behind us. I might just have to start giving you little ticks. Just there. tell me I won. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be good. Okay. So see, everybody, it always comes back to that. There's still victory in this, right? Yeah. She's pointing to a bell. Do I get a bell ding? Oh, is there a bell? Oh, do we get the bell here? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You won, right? For you. Winning is good. Yeah. So you got got a bell. All right. Here you go. Doing more of what you love. Mm, What about that? I mean, why wouldn't we? It's really the question. Yeah. So here, here's my follow-up question. How many people get stuck answering that question? <laughs> right. You mean, well, actually, I would think most people are like, well, why, what do I love? You get so stuck in this sort of rat race, this rut, especially as entrepreneurs, building, but there's always something to be done. Ask mm-hmm. anyone. I mean, there's not a time when you're like, oh, I'm done early. I think I'll just go home. You know, I mean, yeah. there's always something behind it, behind it, behind it. Again, I'm going to say it again, it comes to slowing down. And I point people back to kids, back even to childhood. They can't think of something they love to do now. It's what did you love to do then? Because that's when all that stuff was really right. There were no limitations or Mm -hmm. parameters around, well, I really love to color or gosh, I really love being outside or my favorite thing to do was play and tag in the yard. With a cape. Of course. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> Who doesn't have a cape? So go get a cape. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I could speak all day about that. I'm not sure which direction is the best one to go. The first one is you have to do more of what you love because we're, we're really meant to feel good. Yeah. I mean, we're here. Joy is our birthright. Right. It's not to work hard, pay taxes and die. I promise. <laughs> and there is neuroscience behind that. Why, why do we feel good? Well, we feel good because we have tapped into the creativity and compassion and wisdom part of our brain, which releases chemicals that make mm-hmm. us feel good. Right. So on the path to co-create, uh, co-creation, we actually get high off of our own supply, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's real balance of how do you go back to self? How do you reconnect with who you are, get your reservoir filled up so you can actually go and do these things. And then it's taking it out into the world. Mm Because again, I really do feel that everybody in one form or another wants to give back, wants to do something, wants to make the world a better place. And if you're not doing it for yourself, you're not going to be able to do it for anyone else. Right. Yes, that's critical. Yeah, because then uh, the, the magic word authenticity Mm-hmm. Is is a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, last one I got for the on this creating space. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I think we fill the space quite often because we think it's almost like the universe doesn't like a vacuum. Yeah. So if there is space, we fill it. But really, that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Is in the space. If you have a really deep, meaningful conversation filled up with a lot of words, it's like. I would challenge you to stop for a minute and just let the space sit. Wow. And it's, it's amazing what comes out of that. But often we're so busy filling that space with words, actions, doing, whatever, that we don't take the time to see what's available there. It brings to mind all kinds of different discussions that are happening right now. For instance, the extrovert-introvert conversation, right? Mm-hmm. The introverts forced into a society that expects these quick, quick, quick. It's it's always like a game show out there. Mm -hmm. And they're directing their energy to really consider how best to show up. And then I think about, you know, the idea that just in conversation, about every uh, eight to 12 seconds, we stop to process. Mm -hmm. So if we're just rapid fire, Tommy gunning the whole thing out there. We're missing a whole bunch that's going on. Right. It goes back to your wanting to slow down, mm-hmm. be more purposeful with mm-hmm. engagement. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, and I'm sure there's entrepreneurs out there right now and business people are going like, oh, well, this all sounds really good. However, you mm-hmm. know, the yes, but, mm-hmm. right? Yes, but. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so dare to be different. Well, it's it brings to mind an, I don't remember who said it or if it's an old adage, but it's the person who says, well, I don't have time to meditate, so you need to meditate twice a day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in that space, it's amazing. Suddenly, what you have time for, if you take the time for yourself, if you are creating space. And the other thing that comes to mind about creating space is actually creating space, physical space. Because we often clutter our physical space with so much stuff that's just visual stimuli that that gets energy too. So how can we create both a physical space around us that's clean and clear and feels clutter-free as well as a mental space that's clean and that's clear and clutter-free? really good because our vision, right, is there. A big part of it is for security. So if we see all these things, our body is processing them. Our mind, I should say our mind's processing them to see if there's danger, which takes away from whatever else is happening. Mm-hmm. I sometimes 
talk to folks that are, you know, in sales and marketing and they're, they're on the phone and say, I say, close your eyes. Mm. Close your eyes while you're having the conversation. Focus on what's transpiring between you and the other person you're engaged with. Mm. If you mm-hmm. have your eyes open, especially in an office environment or a cube environment or, you know, you know, all these things are detracting from you focusing on the engagement at hand. Right. And you said one thing that is a huge point that I don't want to step over, and it is the body. Mm. We've talked a lot about the mind and a lot about doing this and doing that. Well, let's talk about the body then. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do Yeah. <laughs> we're going there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even hitting the bell for that. Um, and we're not specifically talking about your body, though we right. can if you want. No, no. There's, that's a whole yeah. other show. So, uh, well, yeah. So for we're me. We're talking, though, we should say embodiment, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is that and part just, of it? Okay. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Embodiment is really a, a term used in coaching. And yes, it can be how, it's really how to get into your body. All right. I believe that your body has all the wisdom, knowledge, and intuition that you need. And that probably circles right back to the beginning of the conversation where I was talking about going outside of ourselves and trying to find something when all the answers are really in our bodies. Yeah. And our bodies are talking to us all the time in different ways. And we've learned how to shut it down or label it as something different. And dropping down from our mind into our bodies to see what wisdom is available there is hugely, hugely beneficial, especially in running a business. I love it. And it's also an indicator of what is going on with you at any given point. If your body is feeling great, I challenge you to see what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. If you start to get ailments and creaks and cracks and things are going sideways, what's happening with you? Right. Right? You know, I've got a sore back. I've got a bad knee. Right. Mm, is there other are there other things happening externally with career or family or whatever that are creating this situation? Your body's trying to wake you up and tell you you've got to solve some of these things. You've right. To, you know, to... Yeah, and I get asked that a lot. Well, how do you how do you tell what your body is telling you? How do you know what your body is telling you? I mean, and a lot of that does take presence. Yeah is to be present with it in the moment and to see uh, meditation is a great way to do that. And then also just like you said, just noticing. So going back to the creating space, I just recently redid my office space and got rid of everything that wasn't needed. And when I walked in there, the first few days, I mean, it felt amazing. Wow. And now you've had the experience of walking into a space. You're like, oh my gosh, this place feels great. Yeah. You know, that is all body indication. I mean, your body is taking and absorbing all that information. That's not just your mind telling you. So it's how do you feel? And that's how you start to get indicators of, oh, okay, well, this might be. And how you get more attuned to your intuition. I like that, especially your office space example. I've gone through a couple of those things myself and I uh, won't go into exactly uh, all the things I did but I really enjoy my office space mm-hmm. some things I did were more physical like stand-up desk right. and stuff like that and a, he- a wireless headset so I can move around because I like to do that when I speak and then other things with imagery that was all over the place that I've now kind of parked in a place. Mm. So if I want to go visit it, I can do that, mm, right? Mm-hmm. A chair that's not at the desk to get away from the desk. Mm-hmm. You know, think right. all these different things. And Geography. I, I, yeah, geography, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, I dig what you're saying about that because it, 
It does. It's all about the body. And all those things I noticed that changes I made in my workspace were all about the body. Mm, mm. Like body, even body positioning. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the other thing that's coming to mind is something that they talk about in coaching and the level three, what's happening in the room that you can't Mm -hmm. sense. And it's when you walk into a room and you can just tell there's tension. Mm -hmm. Think about Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving with family. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But really you walk into a room and you're like, oh, wow. And it's like somebody's just had a fight or somebody's just, you know, that is information that we're taking in through our bodies. And chalk line of a body on the floor. That's a good way. Yeah, I would say that might be more visual, but you know, too much tension. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So question of the day. Mm -hmm. All right. What does success look like to you? Mm. You know, I thought about it in terms of this podcast, actually. I didn't really plan much for this. I didn't prepare much, not because I don't love you, just because I knew whatever was going to come out was what was meant to come out, and whoever needs to hear it needs to hear it. So for me, it's about success is not performing. It's giving up the idea that there's a performance to be made at, at any given point, and it's just being me, walking through life, really enjoying it, savoring it, learning, and... Yeah, having success in other ways, which could be financial or in relationships, mm-hmm. but that I'm not measured by those. That my standard of of measuring success, my sort of, what is the stick that you use to measure success, is really just about how I feel. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It landed well with you. Yeah, I, you know, I think that a lot of, we're doers, we're human beings, mm-hmm. we're doers, so a lot of it's by doing. And uh, we ignore the being piece. And I think business people in particular are challenged by that. Mm-hmm. And no one says that, you know, you can just lay back in a hammock and it all automatically happens for you. However, I think the hammock's not even tied to the tree for a lot of us going through the, the business experience. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be nice to just set one up and then use it yeah, a and little from, bit. And it's almost like from that, from laying in the hammock, the doing comes from that I call it inspired action it's from there I get the inclination of what to do next and then that's the perfect right thing that's going to lead me to the next perfect right thing as Mm -hmm. opposed to the to-do list that's outside of me that somebody told me I needed to do and then that I can go back and you can lay in the hammock and then the action comes and you really want to do it you get excited about it and it leads you where you need to be I love it so I'm going to wrap up and I want to know how people find you yeah katherinesable.com I'm sure you're going to put some good contact info at the bottom oh, of yeah, the you podcast. Oh, yeah, you totally get <laughs> the that. Call out. I write the summary myself. Jody edits it. Right, right. <laughs> She's nodding her head. Yes, I definitely <laughs> added it. So. Yeah, I mean, the typical ways. Okay. Phone, email. You on Twitter and LinkedIn and all that stuff? I am. I am. All you right. can put all that in my, my good stuff, too, and Facebook. And, and go visit the LinkedIn page. And I'm not going to spill the beans here. However, she's got an interesting brand, personal brand statement. So ah, yes. go to LinkedIn and visit Catherine there. And yeah. you, you'll kind of get an idea of what uh, working with her is all about. What are you looking for from people who want to come see you? Well, again, pointing to the LinkedIn, I mean, they'll see it's with people yeah. who really want big changes in their life. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't do much with the little baby steps. It's people who I'm cool with baby steps if that's where you want to go. It's not saying that that, but usually people who find me are people who are ready for a big change. You know, to really step into the the fullness of who they are and, mm-hmm. and the greatness and the fun and all that good stuff. Outstanding, outstanding, and uh, we are IRC Wealth. 
And you can find us at ircwealth.com. And we are also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Snapchat? No. In fact, (laughs) uh, our founder always says that Snapchatting thing. And it's the one thing we purposely don't get on because (laughs) then he gets to say that. Right. So we're on all those. Please come out. And, And on our site, we have all kinds of really cool content. We produce original content every week with trusted advisors like Catherine Sable here who uh, share with us their perspectives on what they do. And uh, so that's all out there. That's free. There's all kinds of cool tools and seminars and webinars and uh, blogs and podcasts. Come visit us. And thanks again for coming by another episode of IRC Wealthcast. Catherine, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Jay.